You're listening to She Grabs the Mic, and I'm your host, Cole Baker Bagwell. Every week, we'll explore what it means to be happy, present, and whole. You'll hear from courageous women who are kicking ass in their lives and leave with actionable tips that you can apply to reset from toxicity, tune into your gold, and live powerfully from the bedroom to the boardroom. Right now, it's time to grab your headphones, kick back and relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome, amazing ones. I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you for tuning in again this week. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Today, we're going to talk about the nervous system and specifically the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system and the role that they play in dictating the experience that you have in your life. I want to kick this off with a reflection Um It was a conversation that I had with a really dear friend of mine this week. And as she was talking with me, I could just hear this really heavy energy in her voice and the sadness coming through her words. And she said, Cole, I just feel so overwhelmed. I am stressed. I am feeling anxious. I am feeling exhausted. I am feeling worried and afraid for myself and for my child. I am feeling afraid because I feel like the world is falling apart. And I know a lot of us are feeling that right now. I certainly have felt it from time to time over the last several weeks. And when I have felt that way, it has reminded me that that is the time to drop in and check in with myself. And it's also reminded me of the enormous capacity that we have every single one of us to control our experience. So we're going to talk about that today. How do we control our experience in a world that is moving fast, in a world that we are holding in our hands through these phones that we use as lifelines every day? And how do we have an experience that is peaceful and aware and calm in a world that is spinning so quickly that is sometimes uncertain, certainly volatile, and sometimes, yes, scary. We're going to talk about all of that today, and you're going to walk away with some tips that you can bring into your life, daily practices, if you choose to begin to experience your world in a way that makes you a little bit happier, brings you more joy, more optimism, more peace. I'm going to kick it off with a story. So a few years ago, I started volunteering with the girls club and I had this group of girls ages six through 16 who would come on Monday nights. I called them my Monday night girls and they were coming to me to learn things like how to breathe and learning about mindfulness 101 and how do we begin to control how we feel on the inside when the outside world is not serving us well, or the outside world is tough to navigate. Now, these girls, six through 16, were living, you know, in pretty harsh conditions. Some of them were experiencing extreme poverty. Some of them were experiencing domestic violence. You know, some of them just had all sorts of turmoil going on in their neighborhoods. And, you know, some had no power or water, and they were expected to get up every morning and go to school and function 
That's pretty damn hard to function when you are living in an environment that is really, really hard on your mind, body, and soul. So they would go to the girls club after school. And that was kind of a place of respite where they could do their homework. Um, you know, some had working parents and they needed some after school care, but it was a place for them to feel safe and to have fun and to engage with other kids. And it was a wonderful part of their day. So I had this joy of being a part of their life. And I remember the first week that I showed up with, you know, these yoga mats that I placed on the floor for them to sit on, they kind of looked at me like, what are we doing in here today anyway? And they wanted to play and be silly as girls do. And then we sat down and I asked them to gently close their eyes and we began taking just a couple of simple breaths. And I started teaching them about how they could make every single breath that they took count and how breathing could help them calm down, feel more well, and actually feel happier, be happier in body, mind, and soul, even though the world outside of them was really hard some days. So week after week, these little girls showed up, they put their shoes by the door, they found themselves on the mat. And after about three weeks They walked in, they sat down, and they closed their eyes. They were ready to breathe. Here was the switching point. Across those weeks, they equated that room to a place of safety, to a place of calmness, to a place of peace. Their body learned what that felt like, and their mind learned that this is the place that we sort of start to wind down, and we come into ourselves. And They couldn't articulate that, but their behavior showed me that this was sticking with them. And, you know, if little girls six through 16 can learn this, and by the way, I think all of them should be taught this from the time they're in kindergarten, every single child in the world, then I think that we have a pretty enormous opportunity as adults to take these things in too, because what they taught me was the power of neuroplasticity, the power that we have to change the way we think and therefore change the way we feel. So again, the world outside will spin as it will. We cannot control that, but we can control the way that we respond to the world and the way that we feel inside. So let's start talking about the way my friend was feeling stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, afraid, exhausted. When we got into the conversation, I started asking her simple questions like, how are you spending your time at night? How are you waking up in the morning? What is the first thing that you're doing? And across the board, she was telling me that, you know, she was getting on her phone. She was checking the news. She was checking social media. She was just engaged. And so what was happening is her choices were creating a response from her sympathetic nervous system the side of your nervous system that was designed for fight, flight, freeze. It is triggered by this little part of your brain called the amygdala. And it is there, as I mentioned in episode three, it is there to keep us safe. And it is there to protect us from inherent danger. But here's the deal. When we stay in that place of high stress for extended periods of time, inflammation begins to build in our body. We begin to struggle because we're not getting the required sleep that we need. You know, we're waking up, tossing and turning. 
And when our bodies are flooded with cortisol and adrenaline, we feel super stressed. We begin to feel anxious. We begin to feel more worry and more fear because we get caught in this loop created by the sympathetic nervous system when it is on overdrive. On the other side is the parasympathetic nervous system, P for peace, easy to remember, S for stress, P for peace. And the way that we can trigger the parasympathetic nervous system is by making choices that actually nurture body, mind, and soul, that help us be more well, that help us feel more optimism, more joy, more happiness, more ease. And so when I went back and started talking with my friend about the habits she had of scrolling and watching news and just this continual loop of worry that she was placing herself in, I got really, really curious about what the rest of us are doing when it comes to digital media. So I went to Statista and I looked it up, found some data points, and here they are. They're going to blow your mind. As it turns out, on average, each of us is spending 485 minutes a day, that's about eight hours, engaging in digital media. So this could be your computer, your tablet, your phablet, your phone. This is when you're crawling the web, watching the news, binge watching shows, using any application on your phone, listening to music, engaging in virtual reality. 485 minutes a day. So let's break this down a little bit. All right, we have 24 hours in a day. Eight of those are supposed to be allocated to sleep for optimal sort of performance and body mind. Eight hours are sort of dedicated to work. And then that leaves us with eight hours. And so my mind was blown as I was thinking, holy shit, that other eight hours A full eight hours, one third of our day, we are dedicating to digital media. Now, I know we have to be on our screens for work. A lot of us do. We're on computers. I get it. I know we have to be, you know, checking text messages for work or family or whatever. I get it. But there's another big chunk of digital media that we can control that is especially damaging. And it's social media. And here are the numbers around social media. On average, we spend 864 hours every single year on social media. That adds up to about 36 days, or if you're a math person, the equivalent of five one-week vacations. Think about that. Five one-week vacations. Most of us are spending that time on social media every year. Holy shit. What in the hell is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. Social media is designed to be addictive. As most of us know, it is particularly damaging for young girls, but the repercussions that it has across the age groups is very similar when it comes to the way it's affecting our bodies and minds. So I read an article according to SUNY Potsdam, and here's what I learned. Um, As I mentioned, screens are keeping us very stimulated. So they are triggering the sympathetic side of the nervous system, calling up the cortisol, calling up the adrenaline, increasing the stress in our bodies, and therefore the inflammation. And it is also affecting melatonin release, which desynchronizes, according to SUNY, the body clock. 
resulting in things like hormonal imbalance, poor sleep, increases in brain inflammation. Yes, brain inflammation. That is just absolutely mad. And when we are in this physical state of super high arousal and super high stress, sympathetic nervous system is on high alert for extended periods of time, we begin to experience the feelings that my friend was experiencing. Hopelessness, sleeplessness, exhaustion, worry, anxiety, you know, excessive fear, just focusing on all of the negative stuff. It's really tough to get out of. We also begin to experience depression. We have trouble thinking because when the nervous system is on high alert, it impairs our cognition. And then that makes it really, really tough for us to regulate our emotions, to regulate the way that we feel, and we become unwell in body and mind. So as I think about my friend, as I think about these numbers that just absolutely, again, blow my mind, I'm like, you know, I know we're on screens, but to actually read those numbers just took it to a whole nother level for me. And so as I tie that back to our ability to control our experience, it begins with getting really mindful about the choices that we are making for ourselves. How are we spending our time? What are we taking in? So let's spend a few minutes here and here come the tips for you. So I'm going to start with an analogy. If you had a choice of wrapping yourself in a bunch of cactus or a cashmere blanket, which one would you choose? Cashmere blanket, unless you're just a really unique individual. Most of you would say cashmere blanket. The reason is it feels soft. It feels lovely. It feels nurturing. Cactus, on the other hand, feels prickly, damaging, icky, all of that stuff. So when we are making choices to engage in these hyper levels with toxic people, you know, that zap our energy when we, you know, super negative folks who just see the worst in the world, when we are engaging with 24 hour news cycles that are flashing up the absolute worst of the worst that's going on in the world, we are taking that into our being. We are on, you know, X, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are engrossed in all of this. The sympathetic nervous system is going to stay on high alert, cactus. However, when we choose to back away from that and say, I want to spend a portion of those eight hours that are left in my day in a different way, maybe it is taking a walk outside. Maybe it's sitting on your porch with a friend. Maybe it's watching the sunrise or watching the sunset. Maybe it is holding the hand of someone that you love, listening to a beautiful piece of music, picking up a book that takes you on, you know, a journey far away or into a beautiful story that's unfolding. When we begin to make those types of choices for ourselves, we are triggering the parasympathetic side of our nervous system and our body is being infused with all of the beautiful hormones that make us feel well and actually make us more well. Mindful choices all day long. So we hold the world in the hands. We have all of this information that wants to come at us, but we do not have to take it in. We can choose by creating different practices for ourselves throughout the day. 
And I'm going to tell you right now that if you are somebody who is on your phone a lot, who is engaged in the 24 hour news cycles, it's going to be tough to break the habit because there is a neural pathway in your brain. There are chemicals produced when you're scrolling and taking in this information, and you're going to feel a little weird for a few days, like a little off kilter, stick with it. If it's important to you, you will stick with it. And over and over and over again, that you make one tiny choice for yourself, they will begin to become cumulative and you will begin to feel more calm and more well. So before we wrap up, we're going to talk about one more very important piece, and that is the power of breathing. Science shows us that our bodies all by themselves are breathing 25,000 breaths every single day. It's incredible. It's part of the nervous system, right? It's an involuntary function that is made possible by your nervous system. So what if we took some of those breaths and we breathed with intention and with attention at the top of every hour or the bottom of every hour? What if we started our day with a few deep breaths What if we ended our days in the exact same way and in between meetings, in between emails, sitting at traffic lights, you know, waiting on elevators, instead of looking at our screens, we paid attention to the breath, taking a breath in through the nose and really feeling the sensation of the breath as it travels through the nose, the temperature of the air as it joins your body. Paying attention as we slowly exhale, feeling the rise and fall of the chest, imagining waves rolling in and out, getting in touch with this amazing machine called the body that is doing all of this without our attention. What if we started to make small choices like that? When we do, here's what happens. Every time you breathe, you are stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. You are empowering it to serve you better, to bring you more peace, to bring you a greater sense of calm and ease, to decrease the inflammation in your body, to increase cognition, to help you meet the world that is spinning with a lot more awareness, with more armor, because you have taken care of yourself And when we are regulated, when we are healthy in body and mind, amazing ones, we can tackle just about anything, even the hardest things that you may think about them now and say, there's no way that I could meet that moment and survive it. You can, but you have to be balanced in the body and the mind. So as we recap today, the world will spin as it will. But you get to control how you feel on the inside. You have the choice and the capacity to decide how you meet that outside world. We talked about the sympathetic nervous system, the side of the nervous system that when it is on overdrive and engaged for too long, creates these feelings of stress and overwhelm and fear and negativity. We talked about being mindful about what you take in. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you taking in through your eyes and your ears? How are you spending your time? Are your choices serving you well? 
And we talked about the parasympathetic nervous system, the peaceful side, the side that you have the ability to engage, to call up by making choices like getting outside in nature, hanging out with people that you love, people that are positive, people that make you feel so good, petting your dog, listening to a gorgeous piece of music, making a few of those 25,000 breaths every single day matter because you are placing attention and intention on breathing mindfulness all day long. The caveat here is we will still feel sadness. We will feel overwhelmed. We will feel stress. Of course we will. We are human beings and we have a gorgeously enormous range of emotions that we have the capacity to feel, but it doesn't mean that we have to succumb to those feelings. It means that we can create awareness around them and through choices, we can see those feelings, we can understand them, and then we can connect them back to the choices that we're making. And that amazing ones puts us in the driver's seat of our lives and our life experience. So as we part today, I'll ask you, would you rather wrap yourself in a cactus or a blanket? I look forward to seeing you next week. And that's the end of the show today, everybody. I hope it has served you well. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've liked what you've heard, please drop a review wherever you grab your favorite podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please be sure to share this podcast with another woman that you love. If you'd like to learn more about me or my work, check out my website, colebakerbagwell.com. Until next time, remember to be super kind to yourself and do your very best to leave everyone and everything just a little bit better.